Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I'm Aaron Frost, your host. I work with Hero Devs and with NGConf. Today on our panel, we have Jennifer Wadella. Hello, I suck at contouring. Jennifer's putting her face on. We have Shai Reznik. Uh, can, uh, can you say it again? Reznik. Again? Shai Reznik. <laughs> yes, that's my name, Shai Reznik. And I'm, uh, I'm from Test Angular. And Hi-Rez. Hi-Rez. Hi-Rez.io. And Angular and Testing. So, yeah, hello. Testing. That must mean Joe's up next. Joe Eames here from Thinkster.io. Yep. Thinkster. Thinkster. People do this thing. Where, uh, the, you know, they shoulder tap you because you're like, they think you're smart, right? And in some cases, they're right. But um, every time someone's like, oh, Aaron, um, man, I really need to pick your brain on tests. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, uh, talking about it. I love tests. You definitely didn't pick the wrong person. Uh, <laughs> maybe call my friend Shy or Joe. They, they're the guys who I would talk to. So. Whoa, yeah. I actually like tests, too. I put tests in my NG Comp talk, so... That's good. That's good. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open sourced Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So what are we talking about today? So today, Host. <laughs> there is a lot to talk about today. Um, we kind of were like, hey, community, let's, let's just talk about weird stuff in the community, yo. Weird stuff at the community. As, weird stuff in the community. Yeah, like, like two people here that run a big, a giant conference. I run like a giant meetup group and uh, Jennifer... Sure. Jennifer runs a million things. I yeah. run like six meetup groups. Six yeah. meetup group going to 20 oh conferences a, a day. And still, and still, you can't get enough Twitter followers. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to have fun on Twitter because I don't have enough followers to deserve it. How many followers do you have? Uh, I don't know, like somewhere in the 4,000 range. Apparently not 4, enough. 4,000? Come you're on. Not, you're not saying... Wild enough things. That's the key to Twitter followers. Is to just say. No, she whoa, whoa, whoa! Is. I, I, I yeah. the other night with Teresa hey. in it, and that was pretty fucking loud. That pissed off a lot of internet nerds. Hey, hey, yeah. like right. saying, saying like a 10x developer, like someone is a 10x developer. What the hell was that? <laughs> what What was the 10x developer thing? I just showed up to work on Monday, and people were like, <laughs> 10x, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what happened? What happened? <laughs> It's a, it must, something must have happened. Yeah, because it was Friday night. Well, Friday night, I guess, in our time zone. Because, like, I had been cooking with my friends, like, was 
paste online, pull up Twitter before I go to bed and I see this 10X shit and I'm like, oh God, oh God, what, what now? What was it? Can you explain to... Yeah, 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 yeah. So this person who... Is he a VC or some like tech bro? He's not not famous. He's got, hold on, 31,000 followers. So oh, he's okay. Not, so he's cool. He's not not significant. He decided to do a tweet stream and said, hey, startups, there's this rare kind of engineer that I call a 10X engineer, and uh, you need to have them. Your odds will go up if you get one. Uh, how do you spot one, though? Let me give you 10 ways. He actually gave 11. And it wasn't, it wasn't that opening statement. Dude, if there's such a thing as a 10X engineer, let's do it. It was his clues on how to spot them that made people like lose their mind. Can like they're bad at mentoring. <laughs> put the link in the in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me put a link in the chat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is for Shy. The link. The slow one. Uh, Reznik. Reznik. Cool. Yeah, okay. you're a lot of people like you where they're like seeing everything on Twitter and they're like, oh my God, I can't even find the origin thread to understand what everybody's making yeah. fun of. Yeah, yeah, so I found it, and like number one, 10x engineers hate meetings. I was like, well, all right, okay. What, what else you got? What, what else you got? Like, uh, that's not a litmus test that works. Okay. And timing for 10x engineers highly regular. Basically, they don't have standard hours. They come in whenever they want. Sounds like a right? team player to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. and then here's the best one was um, their laptop background color is typically black. <laughs> I forgot about that. Typically. It's typically. Typically. This is part of the litmus test. Their keyboard keys such as IFX are usually worn out then of A, S, and E, email senders. Yeah, yeah. so hold on. Let's, let's back hell? up. Let's back up. I want to talk about background colors. I wasn't clear about what he meant. What did, did he mean the color, like the theme of your, your laptop theme? screen? Yeah, like dark theme. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I assume that's what he's talking about. But did he actually mean like your screensaver? Like you don't use a, a, a bright screensaver if you're a 10X. De- a 10X developer uses a screensaver that is dark, like I, Batman. I am a 10X developer because my background is black. my logo, which is black and like with the logo. Yeah. Dude, he's talking yeah, about you're there. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Well, the link is you're test. an Iron Maiden fan. Fan, you're are you a 10X? The test, Jay. Yeah, 10x the engineers. I think it's a joke. No, it it isn't a joke. No, no, no. And that that was one of the replies. Was I just realized this isn't satire? Like, so so <laughs> I thought it was trying to be funny. Engineers know every line of code that has gone into production. You're getting too far ahead. We gotta, we gotta yeah, spend more time breaking this down. Yeah, stop yeah. going. Stop reading ahead, Shy. Okay, so this episode is the 10x episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to We, we got to skip some, Joe, to Shy's point. This is my desktop background because it's relevant. But the background color of your desktop, while mm-hmm. I I prefer dark themes, it's not a litmus test at all, right? Like, and, and especially since he said black, not dark, like. Of the people who use dark backdrop, I, most of them don't use black. That's all I'm saying. Most of them have like dark themes. So you need to know everything semantic that has gone into production. Yeah, that one. That one's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. that sounds like me again. Yeah, you're falling through. Well, yeah, I, I guess I, if you're working alone, 
I'm curious. Most 10x engineers are full stack. All right. What else? For them, code is code. Can we talk about don't care whether it's front end. Oh, it's API, database, server. Yeah, basically, it's everything is the same, basically, right? So, I'm, yeah, like CSS is saying, the same as database design. That um, one's not as important for me. That one, like, didn't really hit on any... Oh, okay. <laughs> 10x engineers can convert thought into code in, in their, their mind. mind and write it in an iterative fashion. Guys, let's, let's do timeout real quick. What are the other ways to convert thought into code without the mind? Without the mind. Um, I'm, I'm still stuck on what, I, I, what do you do with the I key? I'm, yeah. yeah. Like, does her if statements? Like, okay. what does command I, I do? I'm wondering if Sorry. these are, I, see, I was, I was thinking maybe these are Vim bindings, right? Are these yeah. common keys in, if you're doing, using Vim bindings? Mm. But, because I is insert, right? That gets you into insert mode where you can actually type Okay, that makes sense. But the thing that I really thought was hilarious was the A, S, and E, because those are apparently keys for email senders, which I send an, a lot of email, right? Like I do a lot of email. So and you're I not have yet to. You're not, not. Def, definitely not. <laughs> but like I never thought that I would actually save time with the key bindings in my. By the way, it's and, work, right? And like the F matters. That's one of like the keys that has the dimple on it, so you like you find your your place. Like like the F and the J, you don't get credit if the F and the J are worn off. Is all I'm saying. The F, <laughs> no, no, no credit for those, right? I, I thought I always thought that it's more of like command C, command V, or control C. Control no, those are the 10x Stack Overflow developers. That's a Stack oh, okay. Overflow developers. Okay, sorry, sorry. Those are your cycle overflow contributors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's go. Number seven. Engineer, right. uh, 10x engineers rarely... They rarely look at documentation of classes. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. I, can we go back to the how to convert code into... Or oh, yeah. thought into code without the mind? Because I think I have an idea for this. Or you have an alternative to the mind. Yes. Okay. Human, human waste byproducts. So you inject thought into... Human byproduct. Well, well, you breathe out. Maybe it's your breath. If it's not your your mind, maybe it's your maybe it's your heart rate. You hook <laughs> up, you hook up something to your heart, and your heart is doing Morse code into code. Could it so, be that? Well, okay. Okay, I have one other option. I have one other option. Another option without the mind. I think the mind's involved though, but it might it might be ancillary. Okay, okay. To our listeners. We're sorry, okay? You just <laughs> your time listening to this uh, episode. Hang on, hang yeah. on. You thought Diet was don't apologize. The community. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, don't apologize. Yeah, that's number 11. You, you, you filtered yourself out, right? <laughs> can, can we do, can we do what are the 10X so podcasters? <gasps> 10X, so 10X podcasters don't apologize. What Next you podcast. What is, what is the other method, Frosty? I was going to say Diet Mountain Dew. I think if you put if you put thought into that, it code comes out the other side. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be Jolt or Red Bull? That's, a, that's a, Let's just back up to caffeine. Let's back let's, up to caffeine. Let's widen the lens. I got it. Ten X engineers obtain their caffeine through soap. Okay, okay. Track you can here. truly buy caffeinated soap, okay. Jennifer. You can. Ten X engineers are always learning new frameworks, languages ahead of everyone in the company. In the company. Okay. Well, in reality, this needs to be written as. 
they decide Go is really cool overnight and rewrite the entire back end from Node into Go, and then yeah. everybody's upset about it. Right. 10x yeah. engineers bring in as many technologies as they possibly can. That's right. 10x engineers use SAS and less and stylus. They and Ross is it. They use it all. Yeah, and they don't read the documentation. The right tool for the right. Yeah. Don't and they didn't read the documentation when they did it. So yeah. <laughs> Recipe for success is more technologies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw more technology at it. Ten, number number nine is good. 10x engineers are poor mentors, and they can't teach others. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. good. Get these guys, people. Get yeah. get, get, get that engineer. Yeah. yeah, and then hope that a bus doesn't hit them because then you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, you know everyone's scared of the bus also, scenario. They are also poor interviewers. It said. Yeah. Where is the research coming from? What does he mean by poor interviewers? They give interviews poorly or they... I think he means interviewees. They're bad at being the interviewee. Maybe they're bad at interviewing other people. Yeah, that's what what I first thought when I read it. He had more characters on that tweet. He should have been more specific. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, We're going to need a clarification on that. Um, 10x engineers don't need more characters. They are always specific. <laughs> okay, 10x engineers don't hack things. They write quality code and know exactly how the code has to evolve. Hmm, okay. They so write psychic. at most one design. They're psychic. Okay, and the rest in the code. Okay. They're psychic. Number they learn 11. scope creep in their lives. Number 11, 10X engineers rarely job hunt or move out of a company. They move out because you make their life miserable by publishing a 10X engineer guidebook uh, with (laughs) process and other non-value added activities like this one we're doing right now. So... Uh, for the listeners, yeah. you now have heard all of the the entire litmus test from the 10x engineer tweet storm. Mm, you're welcome. Yeah, some of the replies are important. Uh, are you high? That's one reply. <laughs> what else? Some of the gifts are pretty fantastic. I was reading this the other day with Joe, and it was pretty fun. Wait, um, I can't find my Area 51 <laughs> one that I loved. Dark screen correct. Worn out keys wrong. The keys worn out are escape, H-J-L-K-I-A-O-D-X-Y-P-A-S-W-D. Okay, so somehow this has got to do something with like weird part of the community, right? Yeah, yeah. What? yeah, I'm just going to say, yo, hopefully no one cared about any of this litmus test because none of that makes you... Did you not notice that somebody that you and I both know and are pretty well was jumping on the pseudo defense? Who? Um, I don't want, spill the tea. Spill the tea. I, I'm, not, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm totally not publicly named. Does it, does it rhyme with Ray Ray Row Real? <laughs> That's the Scooby Doo. Ray Ray Row Real. <laughs> Who is it? You are correct, but I love the I love the the Scooby Doo. I just heard it in my voice, in my head. Run over, ra ra ra. Run over, ra ra ra. Yeah. Run Frosh. Ray Rick. Scooby Doo for shy is still Ray Chesney. 
<laughs> he's yeah, he's the, he's the Israeli Scooby Doo. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, he's he cares about like yeah. regional accent. He does. Scooby Doo does. Yeah. He's sensitive. He's he's sensitive. All right, ten X guys, people, don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't, do it. don't be ten X. That guy described people I don't want to work with. Like I don't mind people who do some of those things, but if if you legit could find someone that did all those things. Yeah, I would. I would uh, not. I, I would hire him. And I don't care about the the like the black desktop thing. That who cares? I care. I care. Well, reading this. Okay, so reading this made me think. I've had experiences. I've had jobs. I had. I've had twenty jobs. Okay, twenty Good total places of unemployment. Go. Right. Go and <laughs> <laughs> are you using twenty like N, or have you actually worked at twenty places? Literally, I have worked at twenty places. Okay. So, Counted. I've worked at 20 places. Oh my gosh, I've worked at 20 places. Okay. <laughs> and then? That was not a brag. Like, I'm like, that, I, that and was then, even a humble brag. And then? And then, all right. So, but I was thinking of like several places that I've been at, which had people who hit a lot of these notes that this guy is. Chad? With Chad, Where, you said, and Chad. Did I say that? No, I meant places that I've been at where there have been people. The, Name is Chad. The titular 10X engineer. Okay. <laughs> You said Chad. All right. No, I wasn't. I know a couple guys named Chad. They're they're ten X. Oh, no. But anyway, carry okay. Going. No, I wasn't naming that. So were there ten X or like eight X? Well, I don't know what they actually were. I can tell you that they had these behaviors, right? Mm, and so yeah. I can also tell you that they was these were places that I saw people leave due to the behavior of these engineers and people that were good engineers. And I myself left at the very minimum. I left one place almost directly and another a couple of other jobs i left because of the that way they were a big part of what was going on i've had opportunities to do work what was lucrative work with people that i've chosen not to do lucrative work with because of these and i've heard of companies who really do like the output of certain people and they have to do things like okay you are on our special teams and special teams is just you and you work over here and <laughs> you aren't allowed to communicate with anybody through anything other than outputted code, right? Oh, sounds like a North Korea. Yeah. Right. I've, I've been in a couple of places. Well, I have no idea. I, maybe when I get to be a, a CEO of a company or, or somebody, maybe <laughs> I'll fall in late. Well, a real CEO. Not if, if there's... <laughs> Hey, I'm a CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went registered my LLC and now I'm a CEO. Oh, you're, like, you're like a leprechaun CEO right now. Doing some text videos, huh? Thanks for coming to my website. Okay. <laughs> I get to sit at the CEO table now. Look at my business card. It says the CEO. <laughs> right. Maybe one day I'll... I can I can't imagine feeling this way, but I don't know. People are making there are people making the decisions, and these people are not idiotic people. I don't know why they're making this. Maybe they're just making idiotic choices. Maybe they aren't. Whatever they're doing this thing. All I could tell you is I saw the damage that they were doing, and the company feeling the cost of retraining and rehiring was developers leave right. You know the code that goes in. I can't tell you how often I've felt and said this out loud at various places. It's way more important as the team changes, right? As it gets bigger, that the communication between people is optimized for and not the, you don't optimize for one developer's velocity. 
There is no developer that works faster than, even if you're, there's 10X, there's no developer so, that works faster than 20 people. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I believe that there's a place for all types of people. And putting aside this Twitter stream, this Twitter rant, right, that makes no sense. Talking about the people that you're talking about, Jose, there's room for those people as well, I think. And so I actually, I do like putting them where they fit and getting them out of where they don't fit. Like the people who don't work well with others, but are inexplicably productive. I think there's room for them. I think it does make sense to say, Hey, you're on projects special and go do the special thing. And especially if you're not like pandering to them and you're actually saying, this will make me millions of dollars, go do this. And you don't have to make anyone else mad. Right. Well, I think there's another aspect in there, and that is, I think what a lot of people are reading into this is essentially tacitly encouraging certain kinds of antisocial or toxic behavior. And I think that potentially is the dangerous issue. Hey, undoubtedly, I have been a jerk probably once in my life. <laughs> Two times. I have been a jerk times. many times in my life. So... I'm certain there, there have been people that have either wanted to quit because of my behavior, pay, potentially might have quit because of my behavior at, at jobs, or been really frustrated at my behavior at jobs. And what I didn't need was a manager to just tell the other person to buck up and deal with it. What I needed was a manager to come to me and help me work through how to be, a, you know, how to deal with certain things, right? Or both. Uh, well, yeah, you talk yeah. about that CEO perspective, like with running my nonprofit and dealing with a lot of different personalities the only regrets I've ever had are a giving toxic people too many chances and being hesitant to move them off because they were contributing. And it has always left really bad emotional and mental damage with the team. That's taken a lot of rebuilding every time I've let a toxic person stay on too long. So I feel like I am agreeing with you guys, but I'm also just saying a different thing that I think you guys will are agreeing with me too, which is if someone's not in the right seat in the bus, then we got to get him on the right seat in the bus. And if that means yes, this person who, like the Joe Eames nightmare scenario where you were just explaining, Joe, if that means we just need to change your seat, then let's just change your seat. But like in this imaginary world where Joe's a bad guy, which I think you're one of the best guys I know. But in that world, I think you just change the person's seat. You just say, hey, I know you're the best at this. Just do this more, you know? Right. And And you can't do this because you're not good at it. And if you want me to help you, I'll help you. But for now, we're going to put you on this and 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 protect the other people because you're you're making a mess. And there's something that's fine with that context, but you can't just move somebody and isolate them without addressing the problematic behaviors, or they will never change. I agree. I agree. But but you got to tell me, I'm moving you because of this, and you either need to fix it, and I'll help you, or if you're comfortable with who you are, I want to support you, and let's just keep you over here. Some people, they are how they are, maybe because of something they can't control. And, and I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to go home and be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm a bad person. Like, I don't think the person that we're describing would ever go home and feel bad. They would find a way to blame well, everybody else. I don't know. I think that's a generalization. I think there's some people who wouldn't feel bad. But I think there's others who want to fit in, just don't know how. Yeah, I think the something that I said was a pretty uh, maybe blunt and thoughtless, which is maybe like expecting somebody to be who I expect them to be and behave the way that I expect them to behave is also not the right track to take either. Understanding that, hey, 
you know, getting better about dealing with your team environment or the environment that you're in and getting better at that and understanding the effects that your behavior has on the people around you better. And then working within the constraints that a person can change in a reasonable time period, working within those constraints and understanding those, but also just expecting that a certain person is going to be, you know, either you are exactly this type of person or else you are not an acceptable person is also not the wrong, the right track. And so as you, to your point, sometimes you have to understand and play both things. How can we make this person work within our team and what can we do on our side to help them work within our team yet also accommodate for them growing and their limit, uh, the limited human ability that there is to just change exactly who you are. And also let everyone else on the team that hates that person feel heard, right? Like it's exactly. a balancing act, right? Like, so yeah. yeah. And you do have to put fences around the people and say, hey, if you do this, that's a line you can't cross. You know, if you right. do this, I get you think that's okay. I'm telling you it's not. Like I'm trying to create a safe place for you, but this is not okay. Saying this on the Slack channel, bad. Like you, you do have to draw lines, hard lines on mm-hmm. everyone. Not just, not just these people, right? Everyone needs to have hard lines but yeah anyway i think we're agreeing more than we're just jennifer's given a little bit of a shake so uh, i want to hear well, i want to like, hear this it probably hits close to home because like the last time i worked with a tech 10x engineer he was doing a lot of really verbally abusive crap to me yeah right and i was trying to do everything that i could to please him and like keep myself you know from can i ask was this person legit like oh my god he delivers 10 times more code than anyone else like is he a 10X or are you just using 10X as he was one of those douchebag, awkward people? He's not actually um, he was, worth keeping. He was the brilliant developer. The CEO refused to fire, even though he was a complete ass. He would put out a lot of code, but he was also the guy who would rewrite the code base in a weekend because he found something newer and cooler and then expect everybody to get on his level. Okay. He, he actually, he does sound like the, the yeah. he does sound like, yeah. did he have a black desktop? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to say, he sounds like, okay, he sounds, hey, keep going. Sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. But so like we're having all this conflict and so I took a lot of notes and I, you know, asked him for a meeting and I was like, hey, here's some of our communication conflicts I'm noticing. Like this has happened. I think I would respond better in this way. You might respond better in this way. Can we work on a communication strategy together to like get past this issue? And he's like, well, I am the way I am. I'm not going to change the way I communicate. And so it just blew my mind. Somebody who will rewrite a code base to make it better an entire weekend can't apply that same mindset to their own personal skills, whether it's communication or whatever. And so, like, Joe, I am completely on board. Like, I would never want somebody to feel like they should behave in a certain way. But I think we all have a responsibility to evolve as human beings and be conscious and aware of our actions and the way they impact other people. Yeah, um, I really didn't mean to say it that way, that they shouldn't behave a certain way, but more like... I, just, I totally got where yeah, you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like, hey, you see this person? You need to behave like that person. Yeah. But here are bounds for reasonable behavior. And what you're talking about to me also sounds like a situation where the manager wasn't willing to be really part of it and to facilitate both things and draw the boundaries on what is or is not acceptable behavior on a team. Yeah. And then my hesitation with like saying, oh, everybody has a spot is like, no, because I've seen these kind of people like have this awful behavior over and over and over again, and they just get to do whatever they want and they never receive any sort of, of criticism or rebuttal or punishment. And I hate that we have to think about like punishing people like three-year-olds, but like you need to learn how to behave as a better human and there needs to be incentive to do that if it's not your own decent like. Yeah, if the person isn't necessarily saying, hey, I want to improve as a human, then the manager needs to step in and say, you know, 
you know, for this company, this is what works and this is what doesn't. Either you yeah. work within the bounds that we're establishing. So we had on our a different podcast that I recorded yesterday, Jesse Sanders from the CEO of Brebug, who was one of our panelists we were talking about. And he several months ago explained this thing to me that was fascinating. The quadrants of people on a team, right? And so you have your core values for your team. And then that's one axis. And the other axis is the productivity of the person. Very applicable Ooh. to what we're talking about, right? So you, you, you create four quadrants. The top, let's call it top right quadrant is your great quadrant. These are people that are highly productive and hit the core values 100% of your team, right? Mm-hmm. They're your stars. Then you've got, let's say, underneath them are people who are not productive, but they do have the right core values for the team, right? Mm-hmm. So those are your potentials. You're working with them and trying to get them to either be productive or you have them sitting in a place where their lack of productivity is not necessarily detrimental to the company, mm-hmm. right? Or the team or whatever. Yep. The bottom left is the obvious problems. They don't, they aren't productive and they don't match the core values. Easy to easy to filter out, usually beforehand, but quickly after they're part of the team. Yep. The top left is the problem quadrant. These are the terrorists. Okay, and that, that was the, that's not just his word. Like, I guess this comes from some management philosophy. They yeah. are productive, but yeah. don't fit the company culture. Right? Uh-oh, Shai. <laughs> no. Very, very dumbed down usage of the word, right? Watered down <laughs> usage of the word. Watering down that word and repurposing it for something else. Yeah, I can't okay. find other use. Uses. <laughs> Let's not explore this topic anymore. Okay. Right? That was a name somebody gave that, and I will continue, now cease using that word for that thing. But these are the problem people, right? They are productive, but they don't match your core values. And the reason that they are a problem is because they're the ones who push the rock stars out, right? The rock stars mm-hmm. are caused to quit because mm-hmm. of the problems that they create. So those are the people that you have the hard time getting rid of, really hard to get rid of because they're productive, but they're causing problems. And so it was a very interesting. And uh, do we talk about the 10X engineers that sit in that first quadrant? They're highly productive and they hit the core values of the company and the team. And I say company, really, what we're talking about is team, the core values of the team. Can you be a team player and be highly productive? I think you can, but not in the way that was highlighted in that. (laughs) I don't think it was a serious thing. It sounded like someone just made it up on the spot. I can make up something now and it will be the same value. (laughs) Yes, that's true. But I'm pretty sure this guy spent years... putting this together that it really feels like this guy i doubt it i hope not (laughs) yeah all right i'm gonna switch this because we got a few minutes left what about you know you know i'm just disappointed y'all that people they keep using console.log you know Um, (laughs) how can i verbally head my hang my head in shame i don't know how to verbally do this on the podcast hanging in shame yeah it's just Wait, wait, Stop wait. Give me. It There's a better way, Shy. Wait, wait. Give me a context because this this is also a trend now. Like this is also a 10x thing. It was a, it was a tweet where the guy, the person, sorry, said, "Stop using console log today. There's something so much better." And I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what is it? It sounds amazing." <laughs> Click. <laughs> Click. And I read it. You know what it was, yo? What? It was a debugger. Debugger statements. Oh, the debugger statement. Actually, putting a debugger statement and breaking into the debugger? Yeah, typing debugger with a semicolon and then running your code. (laughs) Mine blown. (laughs) 
Can I be a little vulnerable and admit an amount of shame I have for one? Heavily, uh, it's my go-to is console.log. Mm-hmm. And two, not using the console in VS Code. No, don't be sad of either of those, just so you know. It's okay. I don't uh, do them. I, f- I think that I, I, I'm, I'm missing some bar. I'm oh, underneath you know some Wait, bar. I'm a 10x developer. I don't have to console log my code because I know exactly what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every line of code. In you my converted mind, it. You transpiled it in your mind. I did. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind. You are like, if you don't, if you never use the console in, the, in VS Code, that mm-hmm. makes you like a 4x developer, Forge. I think. You get at least 2x just from the console in VS Code. Just from the console in VS Code. Yeah, that's 2x for being the console in VS Code. That's two of yeah. your 10. Two of your 10. So yeah. I'm going to say, going back, responses to that tweet, my response was actually one of my more favorites, which was I posted the animated GIF slash GIF of um, yeah. the scene from oh. CSI, NCIS, NCIS, where they're getting hacked, and the girl who's the tech girl that she's like the super emo girl, she's dealing with the hack and the other guy that's kind of the, I guess he's kind of a geek. I know I don't watch the show. He's kind of the geeky tech guy. He's sitting next to her and it's getting bad. And he throws his hands down on the keyboard next to hers. He takes the left half. She takes the right half and they're both <laughs> pounding on the keyboard to deal with the hack. You can do it faster. If you wish to watch this video or see the anime GIF, you could just Google two idiots, one keyboard. It's the <laughs> universal accepted now name for this. But I tweeted that give back and then put underneath it the two it's two x engineer right there that was that was was, but there was somebody who put a video i actually had an idea i had an idea for a talk like that oh really okay i got two more things to say one there's a video tweet response to it. it was actually really good this woman she has a great twitter handle too she did this like video where she showed being a 10x engineer recording this guy's thing. Absolutely hilarious. You should look for that one. I'll try to find it, put it in the show notes. But also, funny story from one day when I was, we, I worked at this place, it was 100% pairing. We're pairing and they bring in um, some kind of uh, ice pops, right? It's popsicle, some kind of popsicle, right? We both wanted a popsicle. But you only need one hand to eat the popsicle. So we figured it out. I took the left half of the keyboard. He took the right half of the keyboard. One, one hand for the popsicle, one hand for the keyboard. And you we continued to pair program. But I was the left half. He was the right half. It was difficult. It was challenging, but we did it. Good, that good 10 like minutes. That sounds like a video waiting to happen. <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like a D&D character, bro. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like it should be named two idiots, one popsicle. <laughs> Wait, no, Wait, there's two popsicles. Two popsicles, one keyboard. What about two popsicles, two idiots? <laughs> that would work. That would work. That's a different video. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Why are people so weird? Why do they keep saying these weird, weird statements and like generalizing them across everybody? Everyone want to be famous, Frosty. Everybody want to be famous. The level of naivete just punches me in the face when I hear it. Like, it's so crazy to pretend like the background color of a desktop or or to interpret someone's crazy office hours as a good thing inherently like <laughs> that's that's crazy right i don't know like i just don't understand why people are talking like this i think it's uh, because people are have different personality types and and i don't know the guy i don't know if it's he's a developer or just a startup founder or investor it sounds like he's an investor, but but anyway, maybe that's maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's uh, because I don't think uh, I don't know something that is more popular there to work these hours or to have this background or something like that. 
Oh, no way. You would totally see the same sweet, like, tweet from some dude in Silicon Valley wearing his Patagonia vest, like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those were the people that were like, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I just think this guy was the dude who accidentally went, it's good enough, I'll tweet it. Like, I think he was the one that made that mistake. But I think there's other people that went, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just screamed like Silicon Valley mentality to me. I don't know. I, I once posted uh, in, in our JavaScript uh, Israel group in Facebook, I posted like, a post saying that I have an imposter syndrome and sometimes like I have like this uh, a period of times where it hit me and then I feel insecure and all that stuff. And then all of, all of a sudden I'll, when I succeed, <laughs> succeed in something, I feel more secure and go back and forth and stuff like that. And I shared it for people, especially for junior developers who maybe feel insecure, that they will see that everyone feel that. And a lot of responses from other experienced developers that says, said the same thing, that they are, they, they too feel like uh, they don't know, like, you know, they know only 10% of what they need to know and all that stuff. And we had also responses from people that they, they said, no, I feel confident. I know everything and I don't think I, I need to, you know, learn more or I, I feel pretty confident what I know. And that's, that's cool. That's okay. That's diff- I think it comes down to different personality types. You know, like, uh, you know, people are different from one another. Like, people are less sensitive and, and better at, like, you know, certain tasks. And people are more ser- uh, sensitive and, like, I don't know, don't like other stuff, you know. So maybe it comes down to that. Maybe. Maybe, Shai. Maybe. So I want to throw something out here about this. A lot of the behaviors, not the nonsensical ones like the background color, but a lot of the behaviors that were described here are the types of things that actually slow down the velocity of your teammates, right? And it is very cool and easy to look at and say, hey, look at the velocity of this one particular developer and look at how high the velocity of this developer goes so long as that developer optimizes their behavior for their own velocity. And you can see some, a few people all of a sudden, that person's velocity goes crazy. And then you start thinking, it's easy to see this. It's really hard to measure team velocity, but look at how much is getting cranked out by this person. And so it could be very tempting to say, let's optimize around that individual velocity. That only works when the individual is the only person on the team. The reality is, is that person's velocity gets optimized using especially these types of behaviors. The team velocity goes down and you have to, at some point, make a conscious choice to be... if. You're going to pay more than one engineer to say the team velocity is more important than individual velocity. And if you look at most of the things that are around teams, they are attempts to minimize the effect of the behaviors that must be engaged in to maximize team velocity while detrimentally affecting individual velocity. For example, any communication meeting slows down the velocity of the individual contributor because they have to sit there and communicate with somebody else. My most successful project was had no unit tests and no documentation because it was like 5,000 lines of code I wrote on my own. Like I was turning out code so fast because it was a small project I could keep in my head. You but didn't have if integration points. I had no integration points, so I didn't have to worry about that. And if you look at those integration points, it's simply if you look at the individual velocity, it has to come down so that the team velocity can come up. You must have meetings. You must have documentation. Unit tests... As much as I am a 100% a proponent of unit tests, and I actually do like them for TDD and would use them on a solo project, 
a lot of the value that comes out of them is the value for the team at large. The larger the team is, the more important unit tests are, right? I, 100% about the, the, the developers who just go fast, real quick, and producing feature like, you know, like completing tasks and running forward in sprints. And then like, especially managers look at the, their like ratio and they say, okay, cool. That's, that's a good, uh, you know, they, they accomplish a lot, but they don't dive in. And I, I as a consultant, I, I go and see a, a lot of, uh, you know, code like that where people sprinted and they, and then left or printed and they're still on the team, but you know, people can find anything and only that guy can touch that code because only, only, or, you know, he knows what, what, what the hell is going on there. So that's 100% true. Like they can go fast, but what about the rest of us? Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also a little bothered by the fact that it's pretty natural to refer to these negative, these toxic 10x engineers by the gender pronoun he, but <laughs> I also have no argument yeah. with it. I'll be honest. Yeah, right. no, there, there, are, there are girls that uh, mess up the code too. Don't get all, uh, you know, they're like everyone <laughs> messes the code, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I totally agree that uh, that's a consideration that managers should have when watching like, you know, someone go fast with their like, you know, task and actually, you know, having time for technical debt and, and, and seeing what others think about their code and all that stuff, like uh, if it's maintainable. Right. Yeah, I think that we need to get to focus more on the communication piece of programming. At any, at any given mm-hmm. conference, there's one or two soft skills talks when really the hardest part of programming is that. You know, the, the easiest part of programming is reading the documentation and reading a blog and figuring out how to do things the way everyone else is. And being a good programmer for me is about communicating more effectively and, and multiplying other people's time. Like, you know, the more people I can help be better, that makes me better. So I don't know. I think there's also a pretty obvious and nearly, nearly incontrovertible proof against this person's theories about this. And that is simply stated the Agile Manifesto. If you look at the Agile Manifesto, who put it out? These were top engineers. These are luminaries in our field who by themselves were amazing individual contributors, right? These were absolutely 10x type engineers from the standpoint of they were actually, they were capable of turning out amazing quantities of code. And all of them got together and the Agile Manifesto essentially is all about improving team communication and team velocity, right? Okay, yeah. So I think that by itself stands up as Here's people who actually were capable of churning out crazy quantities of code, and they were saying, how do we make our teams faster? Right? Maybe because they did the same mistakes, right? Like, uh, they, it doesn't come from nothing. Like, uh, you know, yeah. people with a lot of experience have a lot of, uh, have experienced a lot of mistakes during their career. And that conflicts with the uh, point number nine, 10x <laughs> engineers are poor mentors as they can't can't teach others on what to do or partial their work. They always think it takes too long to teach or discuss with others. I would rather do it myself. They are also poor interviewers. Anyway, yeah, I needed to say it one more time just to, <laughs> to feel complete. Okay, cool. So 
That was a good uh, episode about community. Yeah. <laughs> How weird the community gets. We didn't even go into all the weird stuff. There's too much weird to talk about, but yeah. I don't know what we're going to call this episode. Sorry. <laughs> Let's call it the 10x episode. The 10x episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. Adventures in 10x. Adventures in 10x. Hey, are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. All right, let's go to some picks. Does anyone want to go first? I would like to pick uh, a tweet that I saw called okay. uh, like the 10x engineers tweet. I would put it in the show notes. Okay. And it talks about how, um, how you can be, how do you spot a 10x engineer? Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's like a guide. My guide sounds yeah. awesome. So yeah. It's like uh, 11 points, not 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over delivering. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay. No, but, uh, and I would like to recommend a cool conference I learned about today from Jennifer called PopConf. You're um, taking my pick. I'll explain it in my turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should. Okay. Those you took her conf, dog. Conf? Or you pick. took her, her pick. Yeah. That's messed up. Well, I'll go next then. So I, I will explain what PubConf is, and you can find out more about it at pubconf.io. But as we're recording this podcast, it's my, my hometown developer conference, Kansas City Developer Conference. And PubConf is a kind of like after party that pairs with conferences all around the world. You'll see them at a lot of um, the NDC conferences. But it is a kind of like after party entertainment show. And what they do is they invite 10 speakers to compete. So these speakers prepare what are called Ignite-style talks which means it's a five minute talk. You have 20 slides, 15 seconds a slide, and the slides auto progress. So you don't have control of the clicker. And they're meant to be humorous. They're meant to be funny. They're meant to be inappropriate. There's a very specific code of conduct for this event. Um, And Friday night, I will be uh, presenting if choosing a JavaScript framework was like an episode of The Bachelorette based on this currency of The Bachelorette, which would be my second pick because The Bachelorette just sent a dude home for like trying to slut shame her. And it was amazing. It was the best episode of The Bachelorette in TV history. But PubConf is a lot of fun, great event to come out, get some good laughs, and then three speakers get voted on, and then they go to the lightning rounds, which is the same format, except you've never seen the slide deck before, and you may be presenting on a topic you don't know. So it's, Oh, it's like karaoke. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's pretty entertaining. Is it? So I watched a couple of those and was kind of disappointed. I've heard that they were hilarious. I, we they did some at a conference I went to, and I was a little disappointed that it's like, it's almost like it's an improv skill. Like, I would pay oh, yeah. to watch Shy do this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when general people just get up, I was a little disappointed with the results. But I love the Ignite format. Yeah, yeah for sure. And like, the cool thing about like previous PubConf is the slide deck is normally like just memes. So if you spend any amount of time on the internet, normally you you have enough context. Mm. But it is heavily improvisational, like that's a huge skill. Um, or you can just like pick a tech celebrity and make fun of them. I did that one time when I got security <laughs> as a topic. <laughs> nice. Yep. So is it like every, around the world, it's the same conference? Basically, I see they have in Amsterdam as well. Like it's the same format? 
For PubConf, yeah. And so it depends on like them partnering with the conference and if they're going to be there or not. But yeah, it'll be some after party, always the 10 speakers. This year, the guy who runs it, Todd, has been like theming everything. And so uh, right now we're doing TV episodes. When we did NDC London in January, the theme was movies. And so I chose Aliens for mine. So kind of different, different themes to keep it fresh. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. It's super fun. Okay. Who's next? Joe, you go. Yeah. Uh, so kind of we started off with what I thought was a pretty hilarious topic. Switched to some kind of semi-serious discussion. So I'm going to pick emotional IQ, right? Which is kind of this umbrella term for a lot of things. Things like empathy, boundaries, mindfulness, self-compassion, vulnerability, honesty, a lot of things that are near and dear to my heart. And you should make space in your life to care about these things and work on these things for yourself. So that's going to be my pick, emotional IQ. Okay. I'm going to pick the OnePlus 7 Pro. It's uh, possibly the nicest phone on the market. And uh, I just got it. And it's insane. It's by the company called OnePlus. They do, they start with the OnePlus One, OnePlus Two. Now they're on the OnePlus 7 Pro. It's in the same phone, 12 gigs of RAM, 90 hertz refresh rate on the screen. It's crazy. The, the screen goes, it's literally the full entire screen. There's no notch. There's no camera notch. It's, it's an insane phone. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick that phone and uh, I'm going to pick observables because they make life so much easier. So that's my, that my next pick is observables. I think, I think we, we all need to do a better job at sharing how awesome they are the same way that we shared how awesome promises were over callbacks. I think we need to share absorbables over promises. It, it's such a powerful paradigm. So anyway, those are my two picks. Oh, and you forgot Pablo Francisco, Bits and Pieces. He's uh, yeah. from 2005, I think, or something. Yeah, like and then I'll pick Pablo Francisco's P- Bits and Pieces. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. It's got music from like my wedding, and <laughs> this song's it's got like my favorite song. <laughs> so go check it out. It's one of the best standups. Chai and I, we found a brotherly love around it. Like we both, we both love it. So anyway, go check out Pablo Francisco's Bits and Pieces. All right, everybody, 10x episode. That's a wrap. Thanks for coming. See you next time. Bye bye, 10x. Thanks. Doodles. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.